if it's okay to ask for help, is it then also okay for others to deny us the help that we need because of how we asked? Are you asking in like a yes, no way? Are you asking in a permission kind of way? Or are you saying like, I need this? How are we going to get that? Because that part I love. I love that ask. That then turns this into a partnership, a collaborative approach to problem solve in a way that meets your needs. This is the neurodivergent creative. Spicy brains unpacking all the shame. It's time for you to come be creative. With Caitlin Fisher as your host and creative coach, they'll change your approach and tell you a joke to lighten your load and help you along or sing you a song. Welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Creative Podcast. And today we are once again going to talk about asking for help when you need it. Because as I was scheduling out all of the asking for help challenge posts in the Neurodivergent Creative Pod, which is a free Facebook group that you should be in. If you dig this podcast, you will dig the vibe. So come aboard. If you have a Facebook account, no reason that you should not be in there soaking up our amazing community vibe of neurodivergent creatives and all of their magnificent splendor. So it occurs to me as I'm scheduling these posts out that a lot of the examples of things to ask for. So I do not like a prescriptive challenge where it's like, okay, I know that asking for help makes you uncomfortable. Therefore, you must ask for help in these 30 ways in order to accomplish the challenge. First of all, it's not even like that. There's no gold star. There's no A+. plus. There's no grand prize. It is about the practice of getting comfortable asking for what you need before you are like running on empty, before it is a dire situation getting into the habit of saying like, I could perhaps foresee, I'm going to need some help here. It's like my disabled parking placard. So I use this disabled parking placard in order to park closer to the grocery store, a restaurant, wherever I am. Because when I walk shorter distances, I'm less likely to put my body into an overwhelmed state where then I start having flare-ups and my back and hips hurt, etc. because hashtag fibromyalgia. So this asking for help challenge is sort of like that. It's like training wheels to say, hey, I need some help with this so that you don't have to go as long. You don't have to risk the injury, in my case, like the disabled parking example, the pain, the illness, whatever, we're doing a metaphor right now, you don't have to risk that setback. That is the biggest risk when you wait until that moment when you are just super overwhelmed. So I'm pretty sure I talked about the disabled placard in the episode about accommodations. So if you haven't heard that one, go take a listen. And the moral of the story there is that accommodations help us in advance so that we do not have to hit a point of burnout. So now that we sort of have the vibe of this challenge covered, what I have noticed, witnessed in like these little posts that I'm doing. So every day there's a little post that goes up in the group 
And the post has an example of something you, you could ask for help for. So one of them says, ask somebody in your house to do a chore. That's very straightforward, right? Hey, can you put that sock in the hamper? I've asked. Hooray. And some of them are more complex than that. <laughs> They're a little more emotional asks. And they might feel a little bit less safe. So things like one of them said, I have trouble making eye contact. Can we talk about ways to communicate around that? And that's a perfectly reasonable thing to request, to need. It's it's being a lot more normalized in workplaces, in relationships, just or maybe it's just for me, right? Because I, I surround myself with neurodivergent content and other neurodivergent people to the point that sometimes I forget that there's a whole big world of billions of people out there who don't know, who don't know that it's hard for neurodivergent people to focus if they have to maintain eye contact, who don't know that like we have trouble with day-to-day stuff that most people don't have trouble with because society is set up for them. So yeah, there's a lot of people out there who don't get that, especially older generations and especially older generations at work. So in my experience, when I had bosses who were like baby boomer age, they did not understand my need for accommodation. They did not understand when I would say something like, well, I can take that responsibility on, but I'm going to have to cut something else off my list. Because in their workplace norms, you don't say no to a boss. I actually had a review come back, like my employee review. It said like, we never want to say no here. And that was that was one of my red flags. I stayed, I stayed a while after that. I uh, wish I hadn't, but man, I wonder if I still have that. <laughs> I probably do. I might look it up and write about it. But the idea that like we don't say no, we find we find a way to deliver. When that's the norm, asking for something like, can we write this down? Can we have this conversation over email? Because that's easier for me to parse and process and take time before I reply. It's pretty normal for a boss to say, no, we're having this meeting in person. That's unprofessional of you to ask for this, this weird email accommodation super weird. And then they just think you're super weird and you get marked as a problem and then you have a hard time at work. And I hate that. So just to shout out again, Jennifer Allenbaugh of Expansive Expressions. I know something with expansive. So Jennifer helps people and helps companies set up like workplace accommodations and neuroinclusion training so that those sort of norms are addressed and it is explained to like people at the company at like all levels that these accommodations are not about professionalism they are about neuroinclusion and that's a whole other conversation which I feel like I want to talk about it more so I'm going to ask Jennifer to come aboard because that'll be fun but that's for later right now we are talking about asking for help and so those were some examples right like can we have conversations over email so that I can pay attention better, right? Like the problem comes in because then we think anything that is an ask means that we are seeking someone's permission. Like if you ask, teacher, can I go to the bathroom? The teacher either says yes or no. Like 
We learn this in school, like elementary school. We have to ask permission to get a drink of water. We have to ask permission. We're not allowed to eat snacks like during learning. So if there was a a need for a snack, we would have to ask to leave the classroom and go to a special snack place. I'm not sure if that happens. I hope it does because sometimes kids need more food. We have to ask to go to the bathroom and we have to hold it for a really long time if that teacher's an asshole. I peed my pants in sixth grade because I was too scared of my teacher to ask her if I could go to the bathroom because she was talking. She was up at the head of the class. It was like the start it was like the first 10 minutes of class and I hadn't had time to go to the bathroom in the hallway and I didn't want to be late in the hallway, like between classes, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to be late and she was really scary and mean and I didn't feel comfortable raising my hand and saying I need to go to the bathroom because she would have told me to sit there and then I would have peed my pants and then everybody would have noticed. Uh, As it was, I peed my pants and just hoped that no one did. And then I went home in pee pants in Texas. They were black jeans, black jeans covered in pee. Not my favorite thing in the world. Welcome to the Neurodivergent Creative Podcast. I'm not traumatized. I am, but I don't think I'm traumatized by the pee pants thing. Anyway, all that to say is that when we view these asks for what we need as asking for permission, that's where I can see a bunch of people getting a little fucked up about it. Because sometimes asking is like, a polite way to inform someone that this is what's going on. And that, that part is a neurotypical piece of social norm that I can absolutely see being super confusing to neurodivergent people who do not have really aggressive masking. So I know about this little piece of politeness because of my masking. I don't think that this is inherent to communication. I don't think that it is. So in the situation of saying, couldn't we have this conversation over email? Let's say this is at work. Your boss is going to perceive they're asking me if we can do that, which means I can say yes or no. When in reality, what you're doing is you're communicating I'm not going to be able to follow this conversation unless it's written down. So if you want this to be a productive conversation, this is what I need. That hits a lot different than, can we email this? Because that looks like a request. And that looks like a request that they can say, okay, you asked. The worst that can happen is that I say no. So then they say no. Okay, well, now you are back to square one and the need has still not been met. And now if it comes up again, you're going to feel weird about asking for it. So yeah, I definitely am going to have to get Jennifer on here because I want to like, I want to get into the nitty gritty of how to like assert your workplace boundaries and ask for the accommodations that you need with the expectation that any and all reasonable accommodations will be met. And then we get into the sticky part of like, do you have to disclose your diagnosis or you have to disclose your disability in order to get your accommodations met? And I think that you do, at least in the US, like I'm, I'm in the US. So this is all through the context of like US disability law and things like that. When I so when I'm talking about workplace accommodations, you know, obviously, I think that we should be able to accommodate most people's needs. I mean, even even going out to a work lunch, I would accommodate my coworkers needs 
at lunch. Like I knew if our designer Jess was coming out with us, we couldn't go to Aladdin's because it made her sick. I knew that, you know, so-and-so didn't like Mexican food. I knew that so-and-so couldn't eat spicy, you know, like I know who's gluten-free. Those are normal accommodations that we make all the time. And we're used to those. And somebody saying, hey, is it okay if we don't go to Aladdin's because it makes me sick? It makes me sick. If anybody listened to that and said, no, we're going to Aladdin's anyway, you can come and deal with it or you can stay home. They'd be an asshole, right? I want these conversations around workplace accommodations or even just interpersonal accommodations. Like you should be able to ask your partner, can we have this conversation over email if you need that? This is that face that you just saw of me doing math was the fact that I don't have to have conversations over email with my current partner because we don't fight about things. But I had a lot of emails uh, with my ex, which also helped me have a paper trail of like things that he said and proof and evidence that he would say one thing sometimes and then something different another time. Because when you think you're going crazy, it's nice to have that tether to reality to be like, oh, no, he actually did say five different things over the last two years. Good to know. But at the end of the day, we need to reframe how we talk about ask. Because ask is not always, can I have permission? Ask is not always yes or no. And then there's also the language around asking. I had never used this phrasing before. And then I went on a work trip. And one of my colleagues there would say, do you want to pick that up? And I didn't understand that she was asking me to pick something up and carry it. Did not understand that. It took me a few seconds and I looked at her and I was confused. And she's like, do you want to get that? And I'm like, are you asking me if I want to pick up that bag of cashews? Because like, I can, but I don't really have any desire to. But in that situation, that cultural, whatever Midwestern thing was coming out of her mouth at that point. Do you want to do that? Was a request, which is again, fucking confusing because those words don't mean that, but this is okay. This is why we learn. (laughs) This is cultural context and figuring out what's going on. And eventually I realized that she was asking me to pick up this bag of cashews because she had a nut allergy and she literally could not pick up the bag. So we're like cleaning off these tables and stuff. And she's like, do you want to grab that? And I was like, I don't, I don't really care who grabs it because I'm answering a direct question. <laughs> Hashtag autistic. And she's like, no, like, can you grab that? And I was like, oh, shit. Right. Okay. I am following you now. That one exchange happened. And then when I got home, I started doing it to my partner. I'd be like, do you want to take the dog out? That's nope. Don't like that. I don't like that phrase. I don't like that because it it turns the question into like a preference. Like, do you desire to pick up dog poop? No, nobody desires that. So I I don't like that phrase. And then anytime I catch myself using it, oh, do you want to, do you want to go run the dishwasher? It feels rude to me. I don't, I just don't like it. I know that like culturally somewhere in Indiana or like wherever she's from, like that's just (laughs) a normal thing that has happened to the English language, but uh, not for me. Cause that is, it's not, not my, not my vibe, not my move. So when I say it, I will catch myself and say, wait, 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 could you please take the dog out? And then my partner will say, yes, I can. And I will say, thank you. 
But like asking for help has so many layers and layers and layers on it. And I don't want to get too far into that rabbit hole in this episode. So I think I'm going to cut this off and then do a a different one on a different point about asking for help. Hooray though, because this is a huge thing that I think I have always missed in the conversations around, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Well, of course, if it's okay to ask for help, is it then also okay for others to deny us the help that we need because of how we asked? And I don't, I don't like that part. That part feels dangerous, especially to neurodivergent people who may not understand the tiny weird missing Lego piece in their statement about their boundaries and their needs and their accommodations. So all that to say, did this resonate with you? When you ask for help, are you asking in like a yes, no way? Are you asking in a permission kind of way? Or are you saying like, I need this. How are we going to get that? Because that part I love. I love that ask. That then turns this into a partnership, a collaborative approach to problem solve in a way that meets your needs. Because if if the reason somebody says no is because, quote, that's not how we do it, or that's inappropriate, or that's unprofessional, those are fake, and they don't get to use that to deny you basic accommodations about how you need to communicate. Hooray. Awesome. Love you. Tell me what you think. I want to have a conversation about this. I'm very into the asking for help thing right now. And another reminder, if you're not already in the Neurodivergent Creative Pod, please get on in here. We have, let me see, I think we're about halfway through the month right now. Whenever this comes out, uh, the 30 days started on November 1st. So whatever day of November it is right now, that's how many days we are into the challenge. But because there's no gold stars and no A pluses and no prizes, you can just come on in and start practicing with us. We are having a conversation about it. It's awesome in here. You should get in here. Okay, great. Love you. Thanks for spending this time with me, Neurodivergent Creative. If you would like to harness the absolute audacity to be your brightest, boldest, rebellious, most creative self, I invite you to download the Audacity Bill of Rights available at audacityarchives.com. And this will put you on my email list to get a weekly dose of audacity right to your inbox. I would also love to shout out Ashton Powers, who wrote my opening jingle and is strumming the ukulele right now, and also shout out the Pancake Copycats, who are my podcast and video producers. This team of amazing neurodivergent creatives that I have been able to cultivate is life-changing. Okay, go out there, make some weird art, have the audacity, and stay hydrated. I love you. Bye!